Hey, welcome back to the Off the Clock Show. You're joined with myself, Sean Gervais from Orbit Sex, and we've got Marty Hill, Mr. Marshall, yeah, from Pints of Polishing Podcast, as well as Hyper Clean Car Care Products and soon to be accessories. And uh, as you mentioned before, but uh, Marty, where can they find you? Look at that beautiful towel. Ooh, there we go. There's one of them there. Yeah, we were we're actually going through them just a little bit ago. Beauty. The best one though, uh, we've got we've got some giant uh, giant oh, scrubbers. We've got then I, really I mean it. we've got this. Remember that big towel? It did not yeah. did not keep the name. Uh, oh, okay, was, I was gonna ask you about the name. <laughs> no, it did not keep the name. Let me see if I can quickly go Everybody through needs my a notes big if I can go back and find it. Uh, but yeah, we, but anyway, you can find us at hyperclean store. Um, that's the best way hyperclean beauty, beauty, beauty. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And, uh, so a uh, question for you. Well, first off, what are we drinking today? That's I'm sticking with. with ranch water. I've got a couple more. Okay. okay. I'm still digging oh, yeah. it with, with that you guys original. Okay. and some Lunazul Blanco tequila. Ooh, jeez. It's a good mixture, huh? You, you seem to enjoy that one last time. But this was the yeah. original, so this is doesn't have any flavoring aside from right. Yeah, no flavoring. Okay. Uh-uh. It could use a little bit more lime juice, I think. It could yeah? use a little bit okay. more lime juice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, what was the flavor of the one you had last time, though? It had a flavoring, I think. No. The last brand, yeah, it had all kinds of random flavors. I don't yeah, remember. Okay, it was yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that one. You were you were ranting and raving about. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, fun. Well, and yeah. the ones that were dangerous too were just the the little soda water, seltzer waters that I got from Sam's that had flavor in it, right? And then you just yeah, mix yeah. the tequila, and I mean, fuck, that was <laughs> that's not much difference than than ranch water. It's just Topo Chico or seltzer water, you know? It's tonic, yeah, yeah. It's not tonic, but uh, uh, mineral water. Something mineral like water, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. like that, you know? Just Gets lime juice done, and tequila. Though. There you go. Yeah, yeah, and you're good to go. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I thought of that the other day. So I went down to see a buddy of mine whose kid was having a birthday. We went down. I went to this like laser tag type place. And so the kids were doing How'd that. Do? The adults. Uh, I didn't actually play that one. Man, there was so much chaos going on. I was having to help out, with, like organize this and that and everything. And the kids kept running back. And one of them like sprained an ankle and then they're sweating. And okay, it was a mess. But so uh, we kept just. You know, sneaking outside, and then we go and have a couple of drinks, come back in. <laughs> like, you know, it's the Thanks. only way to stay sane, right? So, but uh, I thought of that the other day, and I was like, geez, I picked up some groceries on the way here so that we could do a cook up after. It's like, I have some lime and everything in here. I got a knife in the car. I like, so I started slicing it up, put a little bit of lime in there because I remember you did it too. And I was like, man, Marty is right. Had a little splash of lime in there. I was like, yeah, it was good, man. Yeah. But uh, it was a good time too. Was, Wait, did but, you, you know, have you found any picanha yet? No, not yet. Yeah, I think uh, everyone keeps saying supply chain issues. I, I think they just, yeah. So I, <laughs> I asked the butcher so- where we go because I was like, hey, listen, man, I I get it. At My first thought was it was a Brazilian cow, right? Like, yeah. And five seconds after that first thought, you go, there's no way that Brazilian yeah, cows no- taste like this and, and our cows <laughs> don't taste it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So five seconds later, that gets tossed out the window. So I asked him, I go, hey, you know, what? where is it? Apparently it's in the hip and it's an inside cut versus the way we all traditionally do that outside cut of everything. Okay. It's an inside cut of the hip area. Holy shoot. So yeah. then that must be when I'm asking them and they're like, 
thinking it's the you know oh it's some like brazilian cow thing yeah yeah oh, shit so yeah, interesting uh, okay he said kind of up above the tri-tip and inside holy shit okay and it's so got I a think it, taste. It, it really got what to is become... the cow doing that that part of the body tastes different <laughs> and it's a fat right it's a fat content because mm. that that there's literally if you've if you've you've smoked a brisket right it's got that cap yeah. of fat on it it's yeah it, it looks very similar to brisket i mean it's close okay okay and it's got a cap on it and the meat's super tender yeah so it's, it's gotta not be that far then. from brisket oh shit okay yeah. but better huh yeah, yeah. oh yeah you're like oh yeah <laughs> it's all i eat now <laughs> yeah, yeah the other amazing. day so on friday night uh I, my brother-in-law well, needed me to help him move some furniture or something i don't know they're do you guys yeah. do garage sales in Canada? Is that a thing? Yeah. Or no? Oh yeah, big time. They're doing a neighborhood garage sale, so my sister was yeah. all up into like, yeah, let's get rid of everything. And Jeez. you know, she was so <laughs> pumped that she made four hundred bucks on a garage sale. I'm like, God damn, you know how much work that took for you guys? And then you oh my god, like, like, move all this really? stuff, set it up, yeah. bargain with people. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no. fucking stupid. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know how much it's going to cost you to replace all this shit. It's oh, going to be geez. more than four hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, the, the butcher's only a couple miles from from their place. So I was like, oh, I can, man, I it show up Friday night. Yeah. You know, I'm a hero because I brought home <laughs> Picanha, you know, right? Like Friday night was oh, really man. fun. So I tried. I, I, I got to figure out a, a li- my time on it and probably the temperature a little bit. But yeah. I want to I want to perfect it with I smoked the Picanha first. And then I okay. put it on the grill. I left it in the smoker too long. You know, I didn't oh, ruin shit. it. Yeah. I didn't ruin it. But close, huh? But, but yeah. it just, yeah, it, it, I needed about okay, 30 yeah. minutes, right? It probably, and then let it finish on the grill. I mean, it was cooked in the smoker. It was cooked. I put it yeah, on the yeah. grill just to like, because the fat was still it all. Gives it a, yeah. like, like I need to get some of that fat, you know, kind of cooked and charred and, you know, charred fast is yeah. a lot better, right? You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, right now we have rib fest going on. And so mm-hmm. it's, uh, oh man, it's amazing. Yeah. There's huge competitions, everything. They set up these big, uh, like kind of like booth type things, you know, and usually in a big field. Um, and then they travel city to city. So <laughs> one year, my wife and I, we were actually following them. So we'd find out what city they were going to next. <laughs> like drive down there, spend a couple of days. That's awesome. Are <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. uh, are you a beef rib fam or a pork rib? Uh, so me pork. If I'm if I'm going ribs, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't eat ribs a lot though. Um, but when I do, yeah. And but to be honest, I love pulled pork. No idea why. Oh yeah, why. pulled pork but, is good. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Baby back the like small ribs, or do you do the the bigger ribs? I, I like the big, the full size. Yeah, yeah. I I don't, I don't know why. I feel like I'm wasting my time with you. <laughs> Like I feel like a, See, and I'm the opposite. I don't like those no big, ra- big racked ribs because there's not a lot of meat on them. Oh, oh, but see, it depends. See, because us, so we suck the bone. So mm. yeah, so and like we'll chew it sometimes. Like I don't know. It's- you know, Sean, I don't know if you should really be saying that much more again. Uh, yeah. Someone, someone's gonna splice this and do one of those like somebody's gonna take a fun one with that you're sucking bones here you know? yeah no that's a, oh boy that's, that's careful it. on that's careful yeah on we'll that move one. on from that one so yeah, we'll that's that. so hey uh any any good posts recently uh but i mean we're off the clock so feel free to yeah, talk about you sucking, sucking bones bone. all day long man you, you do what you gotta do man 
you know. <laughs> it's, you know, it was a recession, you know, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Well, 1995, you know, but <laughs> discounted. <laughs> Post, but, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't get over <laughs> And this is just, I think it's ironically funny. Nick, uh, on, on our podcast yesterday, Pints of Polishing Podcast, he made the joke. So it's his joke. But it said, if you scroll on through Facebook and you see what what's happened over this past weekend, there was more Hall of Fame awards handed out than they have in the, the football <laughs> Hall of Fame awards. Like, like it's insane. I, I mean, good yeah. for them. I know there's people that are, they, they, they were literally – literally wrote, you know, how humble they were. And it was, it was an amazing honor for them to receive these awards and I'm good for them. Right. This has nothing to do with it. I just, I thought it was super funny that you got a show that's only been around a couple of years and they got probably 30 hall of fame awards over the past couple of years. And it's like, <laughs> well, what do you do in year number six? What's year number 16 yeah. look like? I mean, now, yeah. Holy shit! The Hall of Fame is going to be the entire industry the at that whole point in time yes. because <laughs> you got so many every year that yeah, it's true. It's, when, it's when, like, I mean, or does it eventually dwindle down to a couple? But I mean, there was fucking twenty awards handed out. I got twenty Hall of Fame true. inductees, and some people, you know, it's like yeah. Well, I think from from their perspective, I, I get it because it's like, how can we drum up awareness? about our event, you know, and it's like, well, fuck. Bingo. if we give people yeah. awards, they're going to mm -hmm. talk about it and they're going to this and that. And they're basically at that point, participation ribbons, you know what I mean? And it's like, exactly. Thanks for playing. Here's your ribbon. Participation trophies. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I agree though, not to detract from anyone that got an award, you know, I'm sure everyone does great work, but when we're talking about awards, you know, like you go to the Grammys and what does every actor, you know, like everybody qualifies for it's, I, I noticed the same thing too. And I, I first thought, I was like, am I seeing the same post? Like maybe it was someone else's award and someone else was sharing it. And I'm like, no, shit, that was, they got one too. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's go <laughs> I mean, I Oprah this, was up there. Everybody's getting you get awards. Award. Everybody's you get getting, you're getting award. <laughs> So true. <laughs> well, it, it reminded me, my daughter's school actually, oh my God. They were trying to get the parents more involved. It's literally like maybe, maybe this conference, they took a lesson from my daughter's school maybe because they, they were trying to get the parents more involved and they realized a lot of parents weren't showing up to these big assemblies that they were having because, you know, like, Oh, great. I go sit there for four hours and watch, you know, like three kids get awards and then people just, the attendance was low. So what they did is they started just fabricating all these awards. They had awards for like anything. It was like the cleanest desk, the cleanest cubby. It was just like nonsense things. You know what I mean? It's like we're rewarding kids for picking up their shit. Like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> basically and it, it, there was they had one sharpest pencils Oof. imagine I would being not a parent have to that, that kid yeah, no that was not me <laughs> yeah like it's just ridiculous and so they gave out all these awards and then they sent out emails to all the parents your son or daughter has been awarded you know so come into the thing next thing you know they have a full assembly and then they start selling popcorn and they're you know like oh we have a table over there we're selling used books to raise money for the library and all this shit so it was a really good strategy on their end, but you know, you got to see it for what it is. is that what you think you know, this, like, you, that's a good analogy. See, I mean, it, you're probably yeah. right. Cause I'm, I'm guessing you're saying that's what this is, right? Like <clears throat> oh, these man. people will post that they got these awards and we're going to hand out 20 awards. 
you know, eventually maybe get some of that trickle to get the traction, get people. I can be somebody that comes to the conference and wins an award. Maybe, you know, like maybe that's what they're trying to play on. Is that what you're saying? Like, I I think so. hundred percent, but also because when people win an award, they're going to post it, talk about it, share it in the community, you know, so people are going to see it and they're going to be like, Oh geez. So, Hey community, a lot of people that never even heard of the conference before will go or a lot of people that heard of it and just they were like, ah, it's not really my cup of tea. They're now going to be, you know, talking about it, thinking about it. And yeah, you might be, I think actually I say you are right. Cause there wasn't one of those posts that if you scroll and look through the comments, somebody yeah. does go, all right, I got to get there next year. Yeah. Cause I want to win that award. Cause I want this and that. And or they just want it right. Or they just want to be a part because People are getting awards thing, yeah. and it must mean that this is some big deal and it's a, it's a big thing. Wasn't. Yeah. I hope they do well. I really do. Mm-hmm. But this is an interesting discussion though, that, that we had, and I'd love to know your input. Are we seeing though a massive change in the industry? There was, there's a group that did a podcast there and they put it out on Facebook. You can go look at it. They're interviewing a guy and the very first, they're talking about how great the expo was in the conference mm-hmm. and that they grew from in the mid 200s to now they're in the mid 400s of attendees. There was, mm-hmm. so let's just call it 400 people. Yeah. There was 400 people there. You got to say with the amount of vendors, half of them were then vendors. Yeah. So 200 detailers. Mm-hmm. Um, have we seen a, a, a switch? I mean, I, I was talking to a, a YouTube guy yesterday, um, picking his brain about it because he went there Okay, yeah. and, and asked him, you know, what his thoughts are. And he liked the one-on-one and, you know, he, he really liked the conference and he was like, you know, next year I'm going to tell more people about it so we can get more people there. And I hope that works. And I hope more people go. And if there's a lot of people that go, we'll be there and we'll be happy as can be too. Right. Yeah. Um, for, however, it's for a really, smaller audience. That's a, well, I asked him this question. I go, have we seen this switch in the industry in the world in everybody that mm-hmm. it would be more beneficial to not go to something so small that's one-on-one and you get like, but it's more beneficial for a brand to maybe pay you the money to go. No. <laughs> well, yeah. Or that's, to go or <laughs> like have YouTube quote unquote. Uh, in, I don't want to call them influencers. I don't like that word. Content you know, sounds, creators. Sounds dirty if they're, you know, influencers. Yeah, it does. People. Right. Like, yeah. Promoters. I usually say promoters. Well, or, or creators, creators. creators. That's so we're actually, we're, we're, that's what we're looking and talking and do Like we don't really want info. We want creators, right? Like we want the people that can create things, not just, hundred Hey, you know, cause I told him, I said, listen, you know, most of those guys are just, Hey, this product is great. And they never say anything bad ever. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always every single brand that, Everything is always yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like eventually that's got to run amazing. its course. Yeah. And yeah. that's what influencers do though, right? We want creators yeah. that can creatively show different ways of using things or, you know, it's not just praising, but it's 
creating content around a product. 100%. But it's like, it's still a theory and I'd love to know your thoughts. Would it be more beneficial for brands to send their funds to people that are, you know, on social doing things versus going to an expo and spending? Because those brands would have had to have at least Mm -hmm. $10,000. 100%. After it took to to fly people there to get the booth space. And even though STC is a small show, their prices are not small. Mm -hmm. 100%. (laughs) And, you know, what does it take to go to Kentucky? Is it more beneficial to just spend your money online? Yeah. Because there's plenty of brands that never go to expos ever. Yeah. And have a really great business model. 100%. You're talking to one. (laughs) And I I don't know. That's true. Yeah. So I really am curious of your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've, I've worked with some, some vendors such as yourself, for example, um, who they have clients that are using Orbis X and they've been okay. They've been going to events and I've sent them with, you know, stuff and they chat us up and stuff like that. But for me, it all comes down to the numbers. So for example, take this instance where 400 attendees, let's just assume, let's assume 10 of them are vendors. So just so we can boost up the number of actual detailers. Let's say there's 390 detailers that were there. What would it take effort-wise or money-wise to reach 390 detailers online? doesn't take a lot, right? Now, what would it take to reach them and do it well? Still doesn't take a lot. So I choose instead of, you know, the travel time, setting up a booth and this and that for a hit and miss, maybe talking to a few and instead, I take that time to further develop relationships that are ongoing. So, so me, I've just had a lot more luck in that aspect of things where, well, not luck, I've, I've executed proper plans, but I, I've done the same thing. I've partnered with content creators. Um, so as you know, like I've done some stuff with some guys that are on YouTube. Uh, they do, you know, reviews on things or they, you know, tutorials on how they do paint correction and so on and so forth. So I've done stuff there things on TikTok, like even TikTok. I don't bother with TikTok. Um, instead, I just work with content creators that are on TikTok that have a following uh, because I'm doing really well building my following through the software itself, my one-on-ones with them, as well as uh, my live chats and my Facebook group. But if I start spreading myself too thin, because those, those people are coming because of me. So if I spread myself too thin, let's say I go to this conference, I'm now unavailable to some of these other relationships during the time that I'm there, right? So yeah, it's true. I might be able to lock in some extra relationships there, but in that same amount of time, I could probably solidify a lot more serious relationships in another avenue. So like TikTok, I don't bother with, I just work with creators that are on there. They've got a following, they build the following, people come for them and then I get sprinkled in there, you know? So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. And it's, it's very inexpensive in comparison, um, but I find the effects are longer lasting. You know, like, uh, cause let's say I go to the conference, let's say I bring five people with me. That means at any given moment, I could still only talk to five people at a time, you know? So out of those 390, I'm not going to get a chance to talk to all of them. And even if let's say, okay, they pull me up on stage or something and I do a little speech, it's going to be hard to hear. Some people aren't paying attention. They're checking their emails or texting their wife, whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? You're still not capturing all the audience anyways. So I just, for that size, it just wouldn't make sense for me personally. And that's why you won't see me there. 
But, uh, you know, just because I can do so much more damage elsewhere, um, that's where my experience is. But that being said, um, I think that for some brands, it does make sense um, if, if they're not very good at the online component. So there's some, some people are just terrible with online marketing. Like their whole organization is just no good at that. They're not good at setting up relationships. They're not good at setting up, you know, partnerships with content creators, things like that. Some of them don't even believe in it. They're like, yeah. oh no, this person's just a complete a-hole or an amateur. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Well, you utilize his efforts. He's got a following of people that maybe do know what they're talking about, you know? So, and so I feel that for those brands, they'll always have a place there. You know what I mean? But uh, for me personally, my perspective, and I, th- I like you guys are really sharp when it comes to the online stuff. I've seen your stuff, seen your videos. I think you guys could definitely do more damage online than you could do. Like, even if you just dedicated. The, iron- the ironic part to that yeah. is, yeah. is I really feel my big boost as a company happened because of the expos no way yeah tell me tell me more about this i'm intrigued to hear well, so the way we broke Sorry. into the industry in a sense was at sema and at mobile yeah. tech i hosted pint nights okay so yeah sema on tuesday night was when we used to i can't remember the name of the place but it we basically rented this room and gave away free beer Everybody that came in got a pint glass and we had kegs of beer and they, everybody hung out, drank beer and talked about detailing. It's what, it's what the podcast is about. Right. So that, that was how we, we, we kind of breached our way in. I uh, then teamed up because we were so successful at SEMA, then teamed up with mobile tech and started doing them at mobile tech. Mobile tech loved the idea so much it got absorbed by mobile tech and there's a, now a community night at, after Friday night of the expo, everybody okay, walks yes. out to even more free beer and it's a blast. It's now a, a community event for community. the entire <laughs> industry, right? Like, so mm. I, it's, that's, I, that was, I mean, that's yeah. how I broke in. At the same point in time, yeah, Yeah. at the same point in time, you're right. I still invested heavy into Instagram, 2018, 19. I told every detailer to be there. And then as, you know, what used to be, uh, God, uh, just music.ly, music.ly eventually then changed to something what we know now as TikTok. Mm -hmm. But because I had seen my daughters already on it, I knew that TikTok was going to be one of the next things. So, yeah, we then started telling people you should be on TikTok. So we've always had the approach of both. Mm -hmm. You you should do some of the expo and you should do a shit ton of online and social media stuff. Like, yeah, so it'll be interesting, though. Is your creativity though? That's where by doing the the pub nights and stuff. That's where because if you take this conversation and transform it into a detailer's business, for example, a lot of them will do one thing or the other thing. Like, oh, I, I only do word of mouth. I don't mess with online, or I do you know only online Facebook ads. I don't like to talk to people, stuff like that. But I think that's where you know from our conversation just now, you need the creativity plus you need to be omnipresent kind of have to be everywhere but find ways of doing it that 
make sense to have the biggest bang for your buck, basically. So I think going to like, would you have done those same events without the community public? Just going there, set up a booth. Oh, you're just no. there. SEMA? Yeah. Hell no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, how much it costs to go to SEMA? I'm out. Yeah, and that's but, where I think. Uh, but I can host an event, and I spent money. Right. I spent yes. <laughs> I spent a heavy pocket of change. Um, and at that time I was I was gr- I had grown my distribution company here in Oklahoma to then give myself a chance at doing mm. something then nationally. That was the way I saw myself to get a shot in nationally. So I had to spend my money. So to get I, a seat at the table to yes. Exactly. Yeah. But I thought that hey, if I could have couple hundred people in a room all drinking beer i might get then some of Talking them to come over to listen to the podcast yeah and then i could maybe get some of those guys to convert right that was our mm. remember as we all talked about over the, yeah, the with episodes with greg and stuff about funnels yeah. and top of funnel that was the way i kind of started my top of funnel awareness yeah beautiful yeah because because you got to start it somewhere, you know, like it's a uh, oh. same thing. Orbis X. Like I remember when I first launched it, like nobody heard of it. Like it launched 2020 in February. You know what I mean? Like it's a, uh, it just didn't exist. And I had to start putting people in the funnel slowly. And then, you know, little funnel over here, little funnel over there. And then it just all kind of ended up in one big funnel. Um, but it, it takes time, but you got to be creative. You got to put yourself out everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the lesson for detailers mm-hmm. is, you find out where some of your prospects might be, create mm-hmm. something around what's going, let's say a car show, right? Yeah. You know that people, and I know detailers, some of us hate people at car shows, but depends on which type of car show, right? The yeah. old school Corvette guy car show versus the, maybe don't go to that car show. Maybe to go to the, the, the drag meet where, you know, the street racers are, or, yeah. you know, the guys that are, you know, trying to do Tokyo drift type of shit, right? Like exactly. Yeah. Go towards those guys. And if they're going to have a meetup, because normally mm-hmm. they do right They're normally almost every weekend. So then you might just do something at that meetup or at those type of shows that revolves around helping. Right. Yeah. It, it could well, be random stuff. It could be, you know, it's funny you say that because I always thought a great one that because a lot of times when we think like, okay, I got to find people that are into cars. They like to keep their car clean. We think like, you know, okay, someone that's into customized cars or drag racing or something like we think that way. I always found a really good aspect was going after business conferences, like people that go to these things like groups and meetups for business people, because they usually, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a type personalities and the alphas of the society, it's people that care about their appearance. They care about looks are very important to them and all these kinds of things. And so it's the same thing for their vehicle. You know, they, these people, if you go to their houses, usually cleaner houses, like, you know, I mean, my mother was an artist. Our house was a complete chaos at all times. You know what I mean? She was just, that creative brain just took over and it was just a, she actually painted that behind me, but the, Anyway, um, so thanks. Yeah, and uh, I helped. I, I hung it on the wall. But <laughs> but but you know, it's there's there's people out there that they they care about appearance and cleanliness, and just think about those kind of people. It doesn't have to always revolve around cars. And yeah, so if there's a local a, business conference, what could you do? Yeah. You know, I I know there's those uh, 
and this is be an interest this is a complete rabbit which is awesome but mm. or squirrel i guess we would say uh <laughs> something like better business bureau type luncheons or yeah uh, those networking breakfasts those networking right yeah. but then but then don't fall into the don't fall into the trap of being their sponsor. That's not going to do shit. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> that. Put your little logo up on the screen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but if you could get into something like that where business professionals are are meeting, yeah. there's also entrepreneur groups which might be better than a better business type setup. I know here in Tulsa. There's a regular monthly um, meeting where business people that are getting into startups or entrepreneurs are completely mm. opposite of detailing, right? It's maybe it's software, right? Like, or maybe whatever yeah. they're getting into business and they're all meeting up. Don't go there to be a sponsor. Don't go there to sure. You should sit at the table and, Yes, people are going to trade business cards, but that's a trap also. Don't fall into that trap. Your business card will get thrown in the trash just like you're going to throw their business card in the trash. Or you're taking a business card just because you want to sell somebody something, right? So I wouldn't fall into that trap either. But figure out something that you can do so that everybody that comes into there gets something and takes it home. Maybe you sponsor the cups, uh, right. That's a good idea. So yeah. That's what we've done at some things too. Is hey, we've mm. got some cool cups. Let's hand mm. those out to every person that comes through, right? Smart or idea. Yeah. something that somebody can. It's not for you know. I don't know. They can use their own creativity. Yeah, could even be like USB keys. Like you can get them. Some of them you can get like shaped like cars even. You you could know five people that are coming there and they have their car set in a certain spot and you're doing mobile detail while everybody else is driving up and you're cleaning these cars for free. And they got there early. So you got your sign out and yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're meeting, you know, once a week kind of thing. So it could be like, Hey, listen, when you guys come for your meeting, I'll clean your cars while you're inside, give each of them a quick clean, you know, work out a package deal for all of them, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, even realtors, they have often, there's like associations in a city, they'll all meet together once a week, talk about deals and exchange listing info and stuff like that. And those guys care about presentation 100% because they're in front of the public. They got to look and dress a certain way if they're going to move houses. So talking with them and saying, Hey, listen, guys, you guys meet up here every you know Thursday. Uh, I can offer you this or whatever. I'll keep all your cars clean before you go to your open houses, you know, stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of things you can do. And that's where that creativity being everywhere. Think about your, your prospective person and, and be there. And understand people that are listening, understand that your detailing is important. Your Mm. craft and your skillmanship in that is extremely important, but being creative and marketing being creative and brand awareness is really what huge. It's going to separate you from. Uh, that's what separates, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great word. It's, separates. You, you should have these great skills in detailing. You should, yeah. and you should be 100%. proudful of what it takes of what you're doing. And it should, you should pour in your artistic expression into it. 
at the same time, you should also understand that your business will have a trajectory forward if you can find these places that you're not having to spend 10000 spend 5000 yeah. spending $2,000. If you could go into some of these places and grab a couple of customers and you're only spending small chunk of change, that's where, and you're creative yeah. in how you do it, that's and where that's, you'll find this multiplicity of your business. And yeah, because that's often something you can off. scale as well. Because you can't, uh, yeah. let's say you're just constantly buying advertising. Okay, I'm buying a spot here, buying a spot there, a sponsorship. Eventually that well runs out. You can't just keep doing that and getting the same great results or any results at all. Um, so oftentimes that's where if you try to start small, be creative first, those results will usually, you know, yield better results and you can scale them. So it's like, oh, this worked really well. I just have to double my efforts, but it doesn't mean I have to double my payments. Right. So that's where. Yeah, definitely. I love how we followed that. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, this nice. is going to be a squirrel, but hey, let's chase it. Let's mm -hmm. chase it. That's good no, shit. I have no idea yeah. we were going down that road today. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, we did have a topic though, I think, right? Yeah, I, I was curious because uh, it's funny, this entire episode, I was actually hoping we could talk about something that I've been curious about. Uh, but then, you know, we followed that rabbit, which is fine. But something I've been wondering about, I've been seeing in a lot of groups, some new products are coming out from a bunch of vendors and so on and so forth. And this topic's come up. People are curious about years of protection. And it's something I've wondered about myself. A lot of people are concerned about, you know, well, okay, this product I'm using is three years, but uh, they're launching a new one. I hope it's six years or I hope it's 10 years or something. And I'm curious to get your perspective on whether or not the years matter. And for me, just to put mine out there is that uh, they don't matter to me as much <laughs> because, well, actually it matters, but in the opposite direction that I've seen a lot of detailers go, I don't want a product that lasts 10 years um, because I'm just opening myself up for a liability 10 years from now, number one. And number two is that uh, I, I honestly don't have faith in that claim. And I find that, uh, you know, some companies that have been around for three years or less making a claim that their product lasts 10 years. Like, I just, I don't know who's doing the math on that. I know there's ways of forecasting and predicting things, but that also needs to come with a margin of error as well. So yeah, last 10 years and our margin of error is 80%, you know, because, because we don't fucking know. Like that's it's, a, it's a really great question. Um, I feel sorry. I feel hmm. uh, empathetic to many people. And at the same time, it's, you know, they chose it at the same mm. time. So there's a little bit of empathy that also is, you know, hey, I, I, I put myself out in 17, <laughs> yeah. 18, 19, 20. Like, I, I put as much into the effort that I could of not, not selling to people these long, long years. Mm. It, it, it just, it's, it's. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Here, here's where I say I, I feel empathy for people is because there's already a handful of companies that are trying to do it under the rug in a sense, but they're pulling 
all their, uh, you know, professional critique that needs to be done in order to use their product. Mm. So the reason why I bring that up in questioning years is, well, these brands are going to now start selling this quote unquote lifetime five, seven, nine, whatever. 50 to the, <laughs> to the public. Yeah. Ooh. And this is not my opinion. Yeah. This is fact. And this is happening. Jeez. This is currently happening and they're trying to do it under the shadows. All good. You're going to start <laughs> seeing it. And if you go, that's bullshit. Well, call bullshit in three months, six months when, when it really starts to ramp up <laughs> and you're going to see these technique type companies mm -hmm. all over this other side of the industry. Yeah. So should you be selling then? Oh, I'm elite and I have a seven year. If the brand that you've been selling is now going to start trying to sell to your customer directly that they can get a ceramic coating. Mm. That's I'll let each listener decide on their own. And in yeah. six months, let us know how he it's would. going. Right. Like, yeah, he, we, and I told you before, and let's say it here. I mean, we're, we're, we've got a product in development. We've, <laughs> we now internally are asking the question of, should we put how long it lasts? Mm. Or should we suggest that it should be used on a regular basis as a part of maintenance because you've got ownership inside of our group has 40 plus years in car care. Both of us have maintenance style businesses that mm -hmm. we maintain customers' cars on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Makes more sense than here's... Here's your 50 year coding. I'll see you uh, see your grandkids when they come back. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. For me, I, I prefer longer. I mean, even now, like we don't really, some people press us about it, you know, well, how long does this one last? You know, when they ask about coatings, but more, more times than not, we just tell them, uh, you know, this, this makes your car easier to maintain. It protects against, you know, light scratches and abrasion. We focus on some of those benefits. Say, you know, it's going to basically just be a force field protecting the existing coating that you do have that comes with the car. Uh, so I don't know. We take those kind of approaches instead of just saying like, you know, oh, this three years of protection. And then it's like, yeah, you're covered because I just feel like it opens the door to a lot of liability issues. But also it, it also opens the door to that customer coming in and believing you. <laughs> That's, that would be the worst is that they believe you. They're like, OK, I'm good for three years seeing three years, you know what I mean? And uh, I'd rather tell the customer, like, listen, we've had customers that have had exceptional results for up to 12 months. And then they come see us again and we, we do a maintenance on it and da, 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 da. And then, you know, basically this is something that you do every year now. It's, you do it for so many things, your driveway, you get it resealed, you know? And Sean, where's the security in simplicity mm. with value to the customer? Yeah. In times like this, and we're yeah. only at the we're only at the start. 
of the economic yeah. downturn. Everybody that listens to, <laughs> I, I encourage anybody that listens to this to go just start listening to the economists and go start listening to people that yeah. talk economy. Don't listen to me, <laughs> but listen to them. Listen to economists. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're on the we're on the cusp because mm-hmm. we've said before on on the Pines Apology Podcast. Something that can happen outside of your business that begins to impact your business. Well, it's no longer about you and how great you are. It's about how your business can navigate through the times that we're in. Whether that's a a virus that gets made in China or whether that's a war that's between Russia and, you know, like. It's true. Beyond your control. Like, (laughs) you don't know what's impacting you. But you do know that it does impact you. The virus mm. impacted you in a certain way and the way gas prices are going and are going to be in the next month to two months, this isn't going away. It's, it's not getting better. It's going to get yeah. worse and worse and worse. Oh, this is the new normal. Yeah. If people, <laughs> like it's not going to undo itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. How's the yeah. best way to heartbeat yourself and keep everything going through all the tough random transition times is it to beat people up over the head or is it to help Mm. their needs and maintain them and take care of them yeah 100 percent. and i'd rather have a hundred customers that are paying me every time they come see me you know every every month every two months whatever it is versus making you know four thousand dollars selling a coding and then i don't see that person again for a long time um, because if you're going after those high tickets and things like that, it's, it's not sustainable. In my opinion. When have you ever heard people talk about this too? between you and I, right? Oh, there's, there's few, there's few, right? It's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's maybe a, a, a couple other that put out information to help. Definitely few. Yeah. To yeah. help through this. It's over the past. It's just been about get it now, get it now. Well, get it now doesn't sustain you. There's got to be sustainability in your business. And so if you're listening and you, you're buying stuff from other people. Yeah, it's you got to look at what they're doing. You got to look at uh, how the market is going. I, you know, it's funny. I've seen a big shift in other industries as well that are kind of indicators that this is this is more true today than ever is that. Uh, for example, Cineplex, uh, so movie theaters, things like that, they've started adopting kind of a mixed model between, you know, Netflix and the traditional, you know, buy a ticket, come see the movie. Uh, they realized that some people would go see one movie a year. So now they're introducing this thing where you can pay a monthly uh, fee and it comes with a movie ticket every month, um, plus like some other stuff. And it's so you're saving some money. It comes with, you know, discounts on popcorn or whatever, but they're trying to get you on the hook. And that's what this whole thing is, is you got to get the customer on the hook so that you can reel them in and you can just keep hooking them and reeling them in versus pushing them away. And that's what I feel like these, you know, the multi-year stuff does. I feel is that, uh, like, honestly, I think you've done it well where it's maxes out like three. And that's like, you know, for the customer that does want the longer protection. But honestly, like we were selling a coding before. Uh, without mentioning names, uh, we were selling a coating that promised a lifetime. Um, and there was, it was in the early days of us selling ceramic coatings. We hadn't really refined the process yet. We were talking to the guy and he literally told me, he says, well, I love my car. What happens if I get into a car accident and total the fucking thing? 
one's like, yeah, that would, that would, that would suck, man. And he's like, so what happens? Do I get to cash in the rest of the lifetime that I'm not going to be using? I was like, no, man, it's gone. What do you mean? So he was like, you know what, what other options do you have that don't last as long? And here he was talking out of the sale. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm trying to sell him this thing. And I'm like, so hold on. What if I just do this instead? I'm like, Hey, listen, I tell you what, and this is what I did. I sold him two, three years. And I said, look, pay for them. Now you're going to pay today's price. And then you can cash in the other one. But that way, if you change your car, we'll just apply it to the other car. And that's what we did. So I got the sale still, and I sold him a longer coding in a sense. But anyway, it, that moment was really pivotal for me. I never thought about that. I was like, what if the guy totals this fucking car? I'm not thinking of that. These things happen. And it's those kinds of factors that made me realize the need is there for everybody to get a coding done to their car. But the need may not be there for everyone to get a 10-year or a lifetime. Or so I just, anyway, I, I started shying away from the year side of things and focusing on the benefits instead. I want to throw out an idea to you that, that we've heard. All right. And it's from somebody that uh, has come into the industry and has created a company and done very well. And they said, you know, the big problem with the car care industry is that there's really not massive amount of money being influxed in to help the industry. Mm. Right. I mean, you, you've got some brands like, let's just say Adams, right. Mm -hmm. Adams was, was bought by a comp like a conglomerate type company. Yeah. Carbright. They were bought by a conglomerate type company. So you've got some brands that are owned by big money investment conglomerate, right? Yeah. But for the most part, there's not a lot of just incredible influence. And when I'm talking money, I'm talking like, imagine what kind of money is in oil. Imagine yeah. what kind of money is in food, <laughs> in yeah. transportation, right? As detailers, because it's such a low barrier to get in, mm -hmm. we think big money is the brands that we have now. And that's not big money at all. I'm just telling you, it's not. It's true. Right? Like, it's true. It's not. Flex is one of the big brands, but they're a small microchasm to their mother company that owns Flex, mm -hmm. right? They're incredibly small. The reason why Flex has battery technology is because of their mother company. But their mother company is massive compared to Flex. Flex is extremely small. For us, they're big. And there's but the dichotomy, of, yeah. right? There's the dichotomy and the dilemma is part of our, our overall industry problem is big money hasn't come in to help structure it to produce back money for them. Mm. So, so it's small money that's only producing for them. That means that the actual longevity ideas, the sustainability ideas, what's best for the detailer ideas really isn't being presented. It's, it's what's best for these smaller micro businesses that are just feeding off of detailers. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Wow, that's a big one. We're off the clock. Yeah, I, yeah, we, yeah we are off the <laughs> I, I would agree with that though, because there's like there's companies, for example, like 3M. I always think of 3M because 3M is massive. And most of what they make isn't even something that any of us would ever see. Um, because it's it's things that 
are behind the scenes that are used by big industries, you know, so things like that. It's it, 3M makes a ton of products. Their SKUs are insane, but it's still just a small drop in it. And there's, there's products that they make and then discard completely the projects that just get dropped because they have all that R and D money that goes into it. Right. And you, I think you're right. Cause in terms of industries, like I, I'm looking like even our film that we buy, like our tint. Uh, so right now, like we, we install SunTech film. Um, and so we love it, but our bills come from Eastman. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, because Eastman is fucking massive and that's one of their little things, you know? So, um, but how much they're pumping into it compared to the other sectors that they're working in it is disproportionate. And so I would say we're in an industry where it's a lot more semi-private financed ventures of products, right? Um, and I think that because a lot of the times these formulas for things, I'd say, I'd say okay, so here's my, my thoughts on one thing is that we get a lot of products in this industry, I think, that are thrown together haphazardly and they're able to make these false claims because there isn't really any recourse. A lot of the guys buying this stuff, like I see posts still where guys are like, uh, should I register as a business or not? Should I get business insurance or not? You think that guy... Can I tell has, people it's a coding when it's a Teflon? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, well, I mean, I trick my kids like that too. When I, you know, and I run out of, you know, cream cheese, I put butter. (laughs) It was a different brand today, sweetie. But uh, yeah, (laughs) but uh, I think that, you know, because it's funny, if you make a product and it is a certain thing, that's, this is what it is. You know, like it's like, I've made a product. It's not QuickBooks. It's not like it's, and I'm not trying to sell it as QuickBooks. We integrate with QuickBooks, but you know, if we made a product, it is that thing. And I think that there's no real recourse. Like you and I could probably form a company. Big money would have to see results. Results yeah. would be proven by, like you're saying, recourse. If shit didn't work, yeah. recourse would happen. Exactly. There would be you know lawsuits that, and even just to make those statements, they don't even want to risk it. It has to be you know peer reviewed. It has to be you know like tried and tested and, and those processes aren't cheap and they take a long time and but just throwing out claims like oh yeah this lasts a lifetime but there's no no detailer out there if they don't even have insurance for their business well you think they're gonna take these guys to court if they have a problem with a customer no they're gonna just work it out with the customer there's no recourse at all it's like the wild wild west and i think that's why there's a there's a problem there and i think that a lot of people too they get so attached and affixed to some brands that they've started using it. They haven't really tested the waters elsewhere. And they're just like in love because they've been sold a dream, a pipe dream that it's going to last a lifetime. Your customers are going to fucking love it. And they, they've only been in business for a short period of time anyways. So they don't, they don't even know much about their business, let alone how to thoroughly test products. I, I think that the problem is that the no recourse side of it leads to big companies not wanting to invest more into it because they, they see who's buying the products. I would say, I, I think they they've done some homework and I think that there's either not enough need or for we're innovation. just such a small blimp, right? Yeah, like just that small little flick on the radar. That's, that's what I mean. There's, there's not enough need for innovation. Cause they're like, look, these guys are buying the same old shit. We just repackage it up, tell them it'll well, last I mean, a lifetime instead of 10 gee, years. The majority, the, the mo- I mean, and, and this is, I love that you brought that up because 
most detailers consider us to be a part of this big industry of people that clean cars. At the same Oof. time, they're on social media yelling at people not to go through the car wash. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> it's What's the car wash? It's the same fucking it's industry. The same industry. Exact same industry. Your car care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I will say this, actually. In my professional opinion, I have seen more detailers do damage to cars than they have car washes. That's I'm just putting that shot, out there. Man. I just don't know if you should say there. that again. I mean, you like, you like sucking bones and <laughs> detailers are damaging more cars <laughs> than car wash, man. That's, yeah. that's not going in the direction. That I don't know if you should go there. No, not all of them, but I'm saying that, <laughs> <laughs> but I am saying no, for sure. Like it, I, I think cause uh, people, People don't spend the, the time they should on their business most times. And they, I think that's true of a lot of industries, but definitely from my experience, I've seen like even here locally, the reason our shop has grown so much is our competition isn't really competition. Like these guys haven't spent any time actually learning how to run a business, grow their business. They were just there first, but then we've now been, you know, lapping them because we studied business. We know business, we know marketing and that's why. And then we've also been really critical with our products that we use as well. Um, and, you know, for example, we use some products that some detailers out there, when I've mentioned it to them, they're like, oh, my God, I cannot even believe that you use that. And uh, one of them, believe it or not, is from Chemical Guys. No joke. Still in use to this day. No joke. It's an all-purpose cleaner. Do we use it for everything? Absolutely not. But there's a couple times where we use it because two of our detailers absolutely love it whatever the reasons are, it works well, but I'm not going to fight them on like, you got to use this or that, da, 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 because you know what? It's just an APC. It's safe. It doesn't have any odor, whatever. It's cheap and easy for us to get. Our other detailers use other stuff. But when I've told people this, they're like, how could you consider yourself a detailer and use that? You know? And I'm like, read the ingredients, man. It's just chemical. Like if I just bought these chemicals myself and mixed them together, would you have the same opinion? Like, anyway, my point is, and I know that some people are going to have their opinions, but uh, my point is that we've done some, some thorough research on stuff and use certain things that we like and other things just for pure availability of it. Um, so like one of my guys, Bobby, he loves your slick, for example, absolutely loves it. And then I've mentioned it to some people online and they're like, Oh no, I'm really happy with what I'm using now because it's uh, you know, it's got this rating and that they start sending me reviews from the company's website. And I'm like, okay, so the company posted their own review. Like, okay, is that supposed to convince me? And I was like, have you tried anything else? They're like, no, I tried this when I first opened, and then I've never changed from that. So I was like, you've never tried anything else, but you're going to put down other stuff publicly, you know, that might help somebody else out. So I think that's another problem in our, our industry, too, is that we're our own worst enemies, is what I'm trying to say, is that uh, these big brands, I don't think, want to put a lot of research and development behind it because it's a shit show in a lot of ways, you know? And I think that there's just bigger money they can make in other places. But that being said, there is a lot of money in detailing and car care, if you want to include car washes. But I think that we are just a small blip and sometimes we have to kind of check ourselves in terms of the overall size. Um, but I think it's that- hard though, because we come from nothing. Yeah. And we started to build a business that's making 
$50,000 a year, 100000 a year. Some guys are going to go, fuck cool. you. I, I do more than that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. You do more than that. Like, way to go. Congratulations. That's good. That's a, Congratulations. Yeah. You do 100000 You do 150000 There's few people that get beyond that, man. There really are. There's few people that can make it to half a million dollars mm. playing cars. It's true. And, and if definitely if they're by themselves, there's, I, I see some guys just saying they're doing these big numbers, but I'm like, oh, how many is on your team? You know, they're like, no, no, it's just me. And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and if you are doing that, you got two years left in you. Like, that's it. You're doing great, man. That's awesome. You brought in some money right yeah. now. Like, yeah. reality check there, bro. Uh, reality yeah. check. Time to get some employees. <laughs> you gotta look grow around. You know. <laughs> Look around. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I do think that uh, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of progress, though. I will say that with, with a lot of the brands um, starting to step up some things. Um, one thing that I, I was always worried about is that it would kind of become a monopoly. Like, a, you know, one of these massive companies, like the fact that we're kind of under the radar is also kind of a good thing because it does give a variety of different companies to kind of merge and emerge. I mean, and uh an Excel kind of, you know, versus if it was just, uh, you know, two or three major brands controlling the whole thing. Um, so that, that part's good. And, and there are a lot of good products out there. Uh, but I think that there's also a lot of false claims. And I guess that's the part I have trouble with is just because there is no recourse. Like most other industries, when you, especially with chemicals, you start throwing out certain things, certain statements, and, and it's a big problem. But now we've got people that have zero chemistry knowledge or background defending brands that have made claims with zero knowledge or background. And, and that's, that's the problem because it, it paints a bad image for a lot of people. And I think it leads to a lot of toxicity, a lot of fights in the groups. Um, and it's just, it's misleading. And I don't think it's doing your business a, a favor either. I think that you're just passing on those false claims. Fights are getting worse, right? Oh, Jesus. Fights are getting ever, worse. Man. I mean, you got, oh. you got people that work at brands telling detailers to chill the fuck out. You got detailers <laughs> yeah. that are going, hey, guy, like, but the fights are getting worse. I think that's just going to get more and more the way the economy continues. It's, I think so, too. Times get tougher. People are looking for a punching bag, you know? They're looking for an excuse. They're looking for yeah. a reason to go yell. Um, yeah, and if their business is doing shitty, they're like, let me take it out on this guy. It's this guy's fucking fault. You know, and get it on. It's yeah, I've seen for more some of them, it's true. The brand oh, yeah. that they bought from, it's it's their fault that yeah, they got led down the wrong direction. I get it. Yeah, they set you up for failure, you know, and it's uh that's where you gotta be cautious of choosing mentors and choosing, you know, people to follow blindly because sometimes they'll lead you right off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> well, they won't go off, but they'll watch you go off. <laughs> I'll watch you go off, but they got yeah, a yeah, salary exactly. position. They're okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. Oh, man. So, see, I think, uh, anyway, I, I do, I have hope, though, for the detailing industry. I think there's some good products emerging. And I think that in time, people start to realize, you know, the bullshit, you know, and I, I do think so. I think that right now there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of things that are new. But I think the longer that, you know, people are exposed to certain brands and claims that have been made, think that uh it's just a matter of time you know but also a big one too is based on your prediction i've started seeing it too 
um, where, you know, brands and going to be in stores direct to public that previously, you know, they got all these detailers backing them. And then those detailers are going to be like, holy shit, you're selling directly. You're just skipping over me now. And it's, Here's the deal is I don't think people yeah. are ready for the big names that are doing it though. Uh, I mean, we're talking exclusive names mm-hmm. that you've had to do this. Yeah. Suddenly it's gone. That's yeah. where I'm saying, man, it's, there's a lot of shakeup coming. There's a <laughs> lot of fucking shakeup yeah. coming. It, it will be funny eh? when it's, you know, you're told like, okay, you got to do these 14 steps to prep a car in order to put this on. Mm-hmm. But then next week we're going to sell the same shit. The guy that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, teaches art class at the local high school yep. <laughs> and he's yep. going to put it on the same afternoon, zero experience, zero tools. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So downward turn of people yeah. going to expos plus brands now starting to do that. We're, we're raising the question is car care for if you're quote unquote professional, mm-hmm. What is that really looking like as, as I listen as somebody who's built their life around being a professional car care, um, (laughs) be creative, right? Yeah. Um, that's the smartest way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you do you, yeah, you you go be creative, find ways to grow your business. Yeah. And I think, I think too, on that note, I think in closing, you know, like use what works for you and, and sell it, Sell it the right way, you know, and and that's not to get into a whole debate of, you know, this product is called that or that product is called that. It's more um, sell the benefits, like focus on what it's going to do for the customer and making sure the customer comes back, comes back frequently. Um, don't try and push them away, in my opinion, with, you know, 10 years. See you I, later. I, can, I can buy bug spray for my house, yeah. but I use a service. Yeah. Figure out exactly. a way, figure out a way. To make people, even though they can buy this technique, whatever, something. And you can't make yourself essential, you know, find a way or or switch to a brand that's been supporting you the whole time. Not turning their back, but find a way to. To still be relevant, what makes you so needed? And I think the reason why I don't spray my own house and I use a service is because they over, and I've said this before, they over communicate mm. using a service like Orbis yeah. X that's going to over communicate their, when they're going to be there, how they can make a payment, all the different stuff, the way Orbis X can, can communicate with people as well as bring into your fold. It makes sense that I would do that instead of somebody else that is outside of the industry. And I oh, would just happen to come into it. Exactly. Yeah. Like hundred percent use Orbis X, use it to differentiate yourself. And the more that you can communicate with people of why you should be there to maintain their car and keep it clean On a regular every week, basis. Yes. <laughs> the better you will be going forward and everything else is going to be who the fuck cares. There's Absolutely. a lot of shit that's going to happen. You can focus. You'll be, all you'll right. be able to weather the storm. You'll be Absolutely. good to go. Exactly. Man. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up, man. Community. That was good. Community. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Marty. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, guys, hang in there. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you, bro. All right. Cheers.